Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I've got Marty Breeden back on the phone with me again today. Some people don't think that God talks in dreams anymore. Matter of fact, they don't even believe that there's apostles and prophets anymore. So I need to explain. Job 33.16 says, And he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction. He openeth the ears of men. Here, let me back up. There's another verse before that, which I need to also read. And it says, In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, and slumberings on the bed, he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction. Meaning that God does speak in dreams, and he guides us and directs us and warns us, and he gives us the things that we need to know. Now, if you're not receiving those dreams, that's a little bit of a concern. But understand that we, I believe, we have already stepped over the line in the Spirit to the end times. And as Joel 2, uh, 2 I believe it is, 2 and 3 says, that in the last days God is going to pour out his Spirit on all men. Your own men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. The angel that spoke to Dimitri Dudeman said that the time will come when God will begin to speak to all people, all of his people, then, as he spoke to Dimitri in his days. Now, Dimitri, if he had a question of God, he asked him, and he either heard the audible voice of God in his ear at the time, or the angel would come in the middle of the night, tap him on the hand, and wake him up and give him the answer. Now, I know a person might say, oh, well, boy, I wish I had that. No, you don't, <laughs> because Dimitri had to go through a lot of pain, a lot of testing, five months of torture, twice on the electric chair to get that kind of relationship. Next verse I want to share is Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search it out, meaning God keeps secrets. He does not reveal them easily. And I believe, as a matter of fact, I should also tell you, as I was reading your dreams, we talked about this, I felt the anointing come on me in four of the about 12 dreams that I've seen so far. Uh, and about four of them, there was no anointing. And that doesn't mean they're not from God. That just means that, you know, kind of take them or leave them about whether you put them on the radio. And there was only one dream that I got a yawn on, which means eh, probably don't want to put that on the radio. Doesn't mean it's not from God. Just means it's not for Prophecy Club. Meaning that is actually quite a compliment. And that is uh, quite of an, uh, an endorsement, at least in my book, that God is saying, yes, these are from me. These are something that I want put on the radio. Now, I want to share one more group of scriptures. Jeremiah 16. We're going to start at verse 19. O Lord, my strength. And by the way, I'm going to kind of Johnsonize this. I'm going to put it into today's lingo so you can get what it's saying. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. The day of affliction is referring to the seven-year tribulation in general, and the day of affliction is the day of trumpets. That's the day that Jesus returns in clouds to the Mount of Olives as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to burn up the tares and the two angels with him to crush the grapes. We'll get into talking about that another day. Anyway, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the kings of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. And they have made unto themselves gods that are not gods. Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. 
I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. And that word for Lord there is Jehovah, meaning there is one time and only one time in the history of man when God is going to prove his word. Because they've inherited lies this once, I will cause them to know my hand and my might, meaning that there is a time, and I believe we are now arriving in that time, when God will show his power and his strength, his authority, and will prove that he is God and that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by him. Marty Breeden served as a deputy sheriff on the New Market Police Department since 2006. In a near-death experience in 2015, Marty was called by God to warn the church. And since that encounter, God has been God has shown Marty hundreds of people to salvation and also many more dreams and visions. And today he's going to share with us how he saw an ICBM, actually several of them, hit America. Marty, welcome back to the Prophecy Club. Sam, thank you so much for having me again. Um, this is a very sobering dream that I had back on uh, the 25th of March in 2017. Uh, I was given a dream in the middle of the night. Uh, well, it was one of the more frightening dreams that I've ever had. I saw multi-stage intercontinental ballistic missiles uh, flying over the skies of America's rural country areas. It was a clear morning as they flew over a downtown area that appeared to be low-traveled and quiet. I remember seeing a white church, steeples sticking above the green, very green trees, as the missile then began to break up into different stages, with one going to one pre-designated target and another toward another pre-designated target. It was a multi-stage rocket that exploded over the top of different areas in our country communities. When I first noticed the church steeple and the green trees around it, I remember thinking that it looked kind of plastic and almost not real. But then I was immediately transported looking above the landscape and standing about the landscape, almost like puppet masters, were men discussing these attacks. I saw several world leaders who were very obvious to me and others who were not so much. I definitely saw Vladimir Putin holding a teaching stick and pointing to different areas on this map that were going to be struck and that were going to be hit. These men were talking about the different megaton bombs that would be used for these sudden strikes. I kept hearing one of them mention the number eight. I wasn't sure if that was the power uh, or the locations or even time. But for part of the conversation, uh, they were mentioning uh, that number when they were speaking. Uh, as I was allowed to listen in, I heard this nuclear attack was being discussed as a foregone conclusion and not something that w was being planned, uh, but something that had already been planned. Putin was showing the effectiveness of what would happen on that morning. I saw life being carried out as normal with men playing golf and people shopping, and it appeared to be a weekend day. Uh, then I saw myself in the role of a police officer in full uniform and wearing uh, gear that I didn't currently have. Um, we were called to attend to the needs of a, in an urban area as it seemed all hell was breaking loose. Even now I can see the smoke and the, the drug overdoses and people going insane because of what had happened. And I heard the calls coming in on the police radio uh, that people were dying and fighting and looting. As law enforcement, we knew that we were not going to be able to handle 
all the volume of calls that were incoming on this day, there was a knowing among us as we responded that most people were going to be on their own. I saw cars catching fire alongside the road. People were standing helplessly by their cars, too shocked to even ask for help. Hysteria does not even begin to capture the looks on their faces. When I could hardly stand to look upon the pain anymore, a really fascinating aspect of the dream was the next morning as I was putting on my police gear getting ready for work, my wife walked into the room and asked if I had slept well. I told her no, that I had not, because I had a very sobering dream about America and nuclear war. My wife then looked at me, who never dreams, and said, Oh, my, Marty, I, too, have also had a dream last night about America being invaded and a coming attack. And she went on to so accurately describe what she saw and that what she was speaking of was very reminiscent of some of the newer, smaller thermonuclear weapons. She described soldiers on American soil that were not Americans. In all of our 24 years of marriage, that had never happened before and has not happened since that we had dreamed something identical almost on the same night. Well, I've got several questions. I guess this is saying then that Putin is going to be the president of Russia when this attack happens. Yes. And the cars caught on fire because of why? I'm not for sure if that's from the explosions themselves or possible uh, EMP. Um, something, something caught those cars ablaze. And I'm not for sure what that was. But it wasn't one. It was several cars, and they all caught on fire at the same time? Yes. Everywhere I looked, things were all Okay, fire. then you have to conclude it had to do with at least something that was part of the attack, maybe scalar yes. wave or EMP or having to do with the attack, correct? Correct. Okay, now, did you see all of the cars unable to start? I didn't see anything that was around me that what I saw and nothing was able to run. It was just total devastation everywhere. There were, there were no moving vehicles after the attack. The reason I ask that is because in other cases of people where they have seen, and this one guy, we had him be a speaker, his name escapes me right now, uh, said that he saw small, like suitcase nukes, hit cities, and none of the cars would start because the EMP pulse had fried all of the computer chips in them. But what you're mm. saying is the cars weren't moving, but many of them were catching on fire. Wow. I believe that. Okay. Now, was the fire, was this more like a small fire in the car, or was it more like the whole car was just immediately on fire like a torch? What I, what I recall seeing was it appeared that the it had been totally engulfed. Okay, so that sounds to me like some kind of a scalar wave weapon where it made the whole fire, in other words, not just the gasoline, but anything that's flammable begin to burn in the fire. Yes. Okay, uh, third question. Apparently, in that you and your wife woke up out of the same dream in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So this dream, in my mind, is confirmed as being from God. Now, do you have a copy of what your wife saw in her dream she never she never wrote it I, I wrote down i asked her she didn't write it down but i wrote it down <clears throat> so exactly what i what i read okay um, well maybe we need to ask her, her to write it down then all right uh, next question who were the non-americans she did not know a nationality or or she said she did not recognize the helmets 
and she did not recognize the uniform. Were they just um, a few we or both many? from military families, and she said it's not any American uniform that I've ever seen. Were there just a few of them, or were there thousands and thousands? According to her, they were everywhere, all over American soil. Okay, final question. Who are the other world leaders other than Putin? I will name one that I, that I saw that I know that I saw him was Kim Jong-un. Oh, really? Right beside Putin. So we are being duped by Kim Jong-un then, hon, right? I believe we are. I believe we are. So this is all part of a deception. I think it very well could be. I know I saw those two men, and they were they were working in conjunction with one another. Very interesting. Now, on to the next dream that you had. There is a poem that goes something like this. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the, the gunpowder treason and plot. I see no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. As you recall, November the 5th of 2017, there was a church just outside of Sutherland, Texas, which is just outside of San Antonio, got all shot up. I have a little story, then I want you to tell them the next dream because they fit together. So... On November the 5th of 2017, during praise and worship, and Leslie does not get a lot of prophetic words, but when she gets a prophetic word, it does not miss, Leslie being my wife. Well, on this morning, she said, I have a word. And then she looked at the floor and paused. The music kept playing, and then she never gave the word. So driving home after church, my son called me. And he said, hey, Dad, have you heard about Sutherland, Texas? And I said, no. He said, well, there was a church just outside of San Antonio that got all shot up. And I forget the number. I think it was like 11 people are killed and a bunch of people were all shot up. And I said, no, no, I hadn't heard that. So I got home, and shortly after, my wife arrived back from church as well. I, I could show you the very spot in the kitchen where she was standing and I turned to her and said, hey, did you hear about the church that got shot up today? And she jerked her head and looked up at me, and she says, no, what? I said, well, there's a church just outside of Sutherland, Texas, and it uh, just outside of San Antonio, and some guy walked in there with an AR-15, began to just shoot people left and right, and killed, I think it was like 11 people, and a bunch of other people are injured. And she ducked her head and just... Oh, no. Oh, no. And I said, what? She said, well, you remember in praise and worship today, I, I said, I have a word. And I said, yeah. She says, well, that was the word. I said, what was the word? She said, well, the Lord gave me a word that there is a church, a small church just outside of San Antonio, Texas, and that we need to be praying for that church. And she said, and I was just questioning the Lord, whether it was really from him. And if there's a question, then I don't give it. And she said, so I didn't give it. And so the next Sunday, Leslie got up in front of the whole congregation and repented before the Lord because she got the word and she didn't give the word. So in light of that, tell us about this dream. Or was it a dream or a vision? Well, it was odd because it didn't seem so much like either one. It definitely wasn't a dream. But it was a, a knowing in my spirit that I really can't put my finger on, Stan. It was, it was a very different type of experience. And it was, I sat down to write. I just felt like the Lord began to show me this. And I remember thinking, 
This is going to be mocked and made fun of and ridiculed. And it, it can be documented. I actually posted this, I think, on my Facebook on March 15th, 2017, eight months before that particular event. Um, and I have a feeling this there's sadly more to come. Um, in my spirit, I know that I have seen that there will be t- attacks coming to the U.S. during our church worship services. I've seen the doors burst open and black hooded men in camo coming through with guns and shooting indiscriminately. I've seen them lock the doors behind them to inflict maximum amount of casualties. I've seen the shock and fear on people's faces as it takes a split second for them to actually actually realize that they are about to be face-to-face with the one they were just singing about. I see these attacks as a coordinated effort, and I believe many of these houses of worship that are attacked will be places where the attackers have frequented to get a feel for the layout of the facility. For those who are able to escape, there will be those waiting outside to inflict and deal the same punishment as those inside. When this first takes place, many Christians will do as it was done in the early church, and they will meet in homes and secluded private places. I've seen people taking their Bibles to these meetings and also very well armed to provide protection for their families and children. And just when it seems that there can be no more tragedy, the attacks will start up again in rapid fashion. It will be a common occurrence here in the U.S. to hear of yet another Christian church meeting or Jewish synagogue attack with deadly results. No amount of media coverage or lack thereof will deter these attacks nor the public response to those who have perpetrated these evil acts. This has been in the planning stages for years as the attackers, both Muslims and haters of those who do good, join forces to stop the mouths of those who preach truth, love, and righteousness. They will lash out at all that resembles God and his holy people, both the remnant, the elect, and the Jew. This nation will be so weakened and in such disarray that other nations of the world will offer to send help. And it's with a broken heart that I say and share these tidings, but this will come to pass. Prepare, consider what you'll do on that day, but prepare you must. Now, again, my wife has given over 5,000 prophecies, and as her husband, I do not know of one that she has missed. She is very cautious. She doesn't speak quickly, trying to call attention to herself. She speaks at one time, and that's the last you hear about it. And again, it's what she says is right on. She woke up one morning and she said, I had a dream that the Lord told uh, us that we need to get our LTC. That's a license to carry a firearm. And I said, Oh, really? Um, cause I see, I'm thinking like the Lord is going to protect us. We don't need to fool with any of that stuff. So I said, well, okay. If he's telling us, then okay, we'll get one. And time kind of rolled along, and about 30 days later, we had not taken one step to get one. So she wakes up again, and she said, uh, the Lord told me again in the night that we need to get our LTC. I thought, oh, man, I've kind of felt convicted because I thought, I shouldn't have to be told by the Lord to do something twice. I should have done this the first time, but I hadn't done it. So I said, okay, 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 we're, we're really going to do it. Well, about 30 days later, we had talked about it, but we hadn't actually taken steps to do it. So one morning, Leslie wakes up, and I turned to her, and I said, because, again, she's not quick. She doesn't try to call attention to herself, so she doesn't go around, you know, handing out cards, I'm a prophet, or, hey, listen to me, I'm a prophet, none of that stuff. Very, very humble lady. And so I turned to her, and I said, okay. And in other words, 
just because he spoke to her, she doesn't always even tell me when God speaks to her. So I have to ask her on a regular basis if God's given her anything lately. So I turned to her and I said, okay, I said, the Lord spoke to you on something last night. Tell me, what is it? And she says, like I said, God is telling us we need to get our LTC. I said, okay, 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 this is the third time. So we went down. We both took the class. We went and, and it, <laughs> we, we uh, you know, went in to qualify and shot. And, of course, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very good shot. Matter of fact, out of the 50 uh, shots that we had to shoot, I only missed the, the bullseye one time. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a qualified police expert with a pistol, so I'm very good with a pistol. But you should have seen Leslie. It was like it was like the it, it bless her heart. I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but the, her gun that she qualified with uh, had a weak spring and it kept jamming. We've since fixed it, but but anyway. So yeah, we both have our LTC, and it's kind of interesting you bring this up because several of the guys in the congregation were just mentioning that they thought kind of felt in the spirit, it's time for them to actually start packing in church. So uh, as a little warning, if you're a terrorist out there and you want to start coming into the Spirit of Prophecy Church, be warned. Just be warned. We are ready and prayed up and armed. And I'm really kind of ashamed to have to say that. That's not a, a thing that I'm proud of. I, I'm ashamed that the, my nation has fallen to the point to where churches have to be armed, and as you're saying, they have to, uh, well, these days, go into secret, into hiding. Amen? Okay, so next dream. Yeah, the dream that I had on uh, March the 11th of, of 2018, it's, it's difficult to share one because it was so traumatic to have seen and, and been involved in, and, and also, Stan, the symbolism and meanings are hard to capture, so... When I have a dream like this, as always, I just share what I saw, and I leave the timing, interpretation up to God. Um, I actually named this dream of over, overwhelming devastation times two. It was almost as though, in, both in the natural and the spirit, we were being warned. The people knew they had been warned. I knew I had been warned. I had been warned by God and had warned many others as instructed by God. It was also it was almost like we were being foretold of that which was coming, and we were looking at a map, and there was not a single state that was not affected by these approaching storms that were coming. From the West Coast to the East Coast to the Midlands, everyone would see devastation. Even now I can see the map. I can see the swirling colors gathering. What's odd is normally as the meteorologist would show on the radar that which was coming and use different colors symbolizing the severity, they literally ran out of colors to be able to accurately describe uh, that which would hit. I can hear even now as they foretold, and they were trying to tell the people, oh, please prepare and know that even your preparation may not save you. Now, admittedly, here's the part that I don't understand, but I will report what I saw and heard. They said there were six storms coming. These storms had each been given names. This time they were given names of animals and birds as to how they would affect the land and the people. We were told that the first storm would be as a bird that it would peck away at everything and shake things mightily, but would also be used to deliver a message as in days of old. Now, I cannot recall the second storm's name. They told us that we would experience the end of all things when the wolf came, and it was the third storm. They showed us on the map through tears and stuttering and hanging their heads. They said, please prepare. 
One of the last things they said before they went off the air was, we really have nothing to compare this to. We must get ready because you have never seen anything like this before. That night it hit. Storm number one, it hit with a magnitude that no one had expected. I remember that I could not gather myself enough to discern if this was in the natural or man-made because it literally seemed to be both simultaneously. The winds, the rain, the wreckage, everything I saw. I recall watching the large trees bending under the weight of the wind and seeing the waters rising on the coast and seeing the heartland pounded by a mighty force. The next morning, just as it was named, it had pecked and shaken everything, and word had traveled, indeed, across the country that devastation had occurred everywhere. Now it was time to move on to the next storm morning, and this is where it gets tough. Again, we looked at the map, and literally we all gasped as we saw the size and the scope of what was coming, knowing that what the magnitude of the first was. This time, all they would say is, we really don't know what to say or how to warn just prepare as best you can. The next day it hit. During the daylight hours it came. It was really odd for you could see the storm clouds gathering and you could literally hear it coming. I remember seeing the looks of fear and dread on people's faces. Some people prayed, others checked their supplies. One of the first times ever it seemed as though now everyone was taking the warnings to heart and there was little to no mockery. The first storm had taken care of all of that. The power by which this storm hit was truly unexplainable. Every foundation was shaken. Every room of every house had been moved. I saw naval destroyers literally capsized on dry ground far from the coast from where they had come. I saw death and destruction in unprecedented ways, as there was not a single family, business, or church that had not been affected and devastated. I recall back now, while it was beginning, that I expected literally to be swept away any second. I expected to be standing before my Lord at any moment. The cries of pain and heartache was nothing I ever want to hear again. Again, the wind, the rain, the shaking sounds, even the sounds of explosions and waters rising and ground splitting and seeing ocean waters flowing through rivers. I recall after storm number two had hit thinking, now I know Jesus said that those days must be cut short for if they were not, no flesh would be saved. I remember thinking, my God, this is only storm two of six. All of humanity and all of the earth will be wiped out and the earth will disintegrate beneath our very feet. Even those most prepared among us, many of them perished, for there appeared in most cases to be no escape. There were godly among us also who had been taken, along with many of those who were not believers. I noticed, though, that even as I surveyed the landscape the following day, I could not believe the devastation and damage. Everything had indeed been shaken, just as foretold by Christ. The one thing I saw that surprised me was now... It seemed that there was very few who did not believe. Everyone was broken in an unforeseen way, a level of brokenness that I had never witnessed before. Amidst the tragedy tragedy and devastation and carnage, there arose a brokenness among the people, for they knew that it was only a matter of time. It was then that we gathered to hear the next forecast. We were all so tired and weary, but there was a deep work going on in the heart of man. God was at work. This would be the wolf coming this time. As the forecaster took the stage, he was visibly shaken, but not in despondency this time. Something was different. He stood before the camera, gathered himself as best he could, and I heard him say these words, the people are repenting, the people are repenting. He then said, and it's because of this repentance that, well, look at these storms now. Yes, they are still coming, but they have been dramatically weakened and will not cause the devastation we had originally anticipated. 
this reporter wept on national television, and I recall that myself and everyone around me were weeping and praising God. And my mind immediately went to, okay, now it's time to gather the harvest. The fields are white. Let us go forth now and bring them in. And I awoke. Well, brother, that is powerful. Now, as we speak, there is Category 4, which now may be up to Category 5, hitting Florida. And uh, we're doing research right here because I'm preparing a broadcast talking about weather, weather judgment coming to America. We've run out of time. Marty, I want you to give them a way to contact you if they want to reach you for interviews or speaking engagements. Yes, there's, there's two ways to reach me. Uh, you can look Marty Breeden up on Facebook and send me a message in Messenger, or you can send me an email at NMPD, as in Nora Mike Paul David, uh, the number 506 at gmail.com, NMPD506 at gmail.com. All right, well, in the meantime, you folks out there listening, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your listening. And yes, thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.